sermon. They are our evangelists this week. They've come all the way from Birmingham, Alabama, Summerton, Alabama, more particularly. And if you don't know what something is, I've been there many times to see them. It's one main street. That's it. After church, I wanted to go out to eat with them. And they were like, oh, yeah, we, we go. And I said, well, where are you going? And they were like, well, there's only one place to go. And I thought, well, it'll be good. Whatever restaurant it is, it'll be fine. They took us to the local high school, and we were in the cafeteria <laughs> at the high school. That was the big place for everybody to go and eat. The whole church showed up. We're going to pray that God uses to bless them tonight, to touch their lives and minister to them through our gifts. I pray that you would not just give an offering. I pray that you would let God bless them through you. Let's do something that pleases not them and not me. Let's do something that pleases God. I'd like for Judy, our wonderful secretary and treasurer to work. I'd love for her to come running out with a big smile on her face and say, you are not only this. I want to bless them tonight. And I, they don't ask for nothing. They never one time mentioned an offering to me. That's the kind of evangelist I like. Many times we'll ask an evangelist or somebody to come through it. First thing I get is a big letter explaining exactly how much they want, how it's all divided up, what all it needs to go to. All he says is, Will you take me out to eat? <laughs> we go to eat. I love them. And they've ministered. How many of you have been ministering to you? So, then let's bless them. Father, we come before you and we ask that you use us tonight as vessels of honor. I pray that you'll lay on someone's heart, God, that just surprise the faith of the people. I pray that you'll bless and use tonight's offering to give them, Lord what they need, and Lord, more abundantly. I pray that you will touch them and use them mightily wherever they go next. And God, as we now pour our offer out to bless them, I pray that you will touch the hearts and lives of people that don't go to our church, the people that will be wherever they go to minister next time. And I pray that you use us for this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Oh, give him praise in the house. Praise God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So evidently we're going to need mercy forever. His mercy reached me where I was at when nobody knew what was going on, lifted me out of a place that I shouldn't have been in, took me out of there, cleaned me up, and made me who I am. He's putting something in my spirit for somebody. Mm. Mm. Lift your hands with Come on, give us your money. Let's be out of our spirit of the Lord. Give us your money. Give us your money. Give us your money. Somebody. I 
felt like you're going to be like a house of fire, but I live in a house of bread. Say forgiveness. Say unforgiveness. See, when you learn to forgive, you never forget. If somebody tells you they forgot it, you better check them. Here's what you do. You choose not to remember. You understand that forgiveness means you take it like the head of that snake. And once you have done that, you take that head and you bury it. The problem with some of you, you're still in the grave. You put a marker up there and you put flowers on it. Oh, look what happened to me. It's like a man and wife who were driving down the road and the pastor had helped them and the counselor had helped them. They'd forgiven one another. And while they were driving down the road, he said something and she reminded him of that. He said, I thought you forgave me. She said, I did. I just don't want you to forget. <laughs> Does that sound like us? Yeah. Hey. Forgiveness means you treat them the way you've always treated them. You love them the way you've always loved them. You reach out to them the way you've always reached out to them. You are there with them as though it never happened. You say, that's hard to do. You better believe it. That's why you need grace. Say grace. Grace is what enables you to live like you're supposed to live in this present world. I don't know why I did that. This is a Say restore. 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 Turn in your Bible tonight to Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. I got to turn there too. It simply says, I shall, so will I restore to you. What? Read it. He will restore what? He didn't say I'm going to restore what you lost. Oh, come on. He didn't say I'm going to restore all those things that are lost. He said I'm going to restore the years. And I began to have a little prayer talk with Jesus. And I didn't understand. Why are you going to restore the years? Of course, at the age I am now, I wish you would. Because I just found out that the 70s are the 50s. Come on, he say that for some of you folks. I know you're too weak to say it, but say it. But he said, I will restore the years. Now think of this. Lord, you are absolutely wearing out. Restore years. You think over the years of your life, how many minutes, how many hours, how many days you have wasted worrying. Do I have anybody who would be honest enough to let, raise your hand and say, I've wasted some time? Well, I just came out of tell you, he's going to restore the years. Woo! He's going to restore that time you have lost. Woo! Because he's the word restore comes from a Hebrew word that means to build a new structure. So to be able 
There's a church in Alabama about a month ago when the tornadoes came through. It kind of blew that church away. And when it blew that church away, they had to put people in the basement so they'd be safe. So praise God, they were safe, but the building's gone. But the only way you can build a new structure is the old structure has to be gone. Do you understand that you have to change your structure? You've got to change your mindset. You've got to change your thinking. Say thinking. I'm reminded of a man years ago who had fallen asleep on the couch. Why did he fall asleep on the couch? His children played a joke on him and put lint on their cheeks. Is a So the rest of you men and I won't shake after I tell this. When he got up, he woke up and he said, It stinks in here. He left the living room, he goes to the kitchen, he said, It stinks in the kitchen. He walked out in the, on the porch, he said, It stinks out of the porch. He walked out in the yard, he said, You know what? It just stinks everywhere. What had happened is he had developed stinking thinking. I've met some of those people. And it's not Limburger cheese. Woo! It's those things that become your mindset because of what you have allowed to lie resident in your life. And it's time tonight for me to tell you that the Holy Ghost wants to rebuild your structure. And to rebuild your structure, he's going to have to tear down some old mindsets. Come on, give him praise. I'm trying my best not to yell. But I can't He said, I'm going to restore the years. I'm going to give you back some time. See, I've had him do that. But then he expects me to invest the time he gives me back in a relationship with him. Say, restore the years. Build a new structure of time. Let me go a little more with time before I go on. The anointing. Does anybody understand the anointing? Can I tell you got three people. You better preach on the anointing. How many understand the anointing? The anointing, I have found out, accelerates time. Got time for me to explain? I was in uh, Northern Ohio. I was youth director in Northern Ohio. We were having youth camp meeting. I didn't have Bible study in youth camp. I was a rabbi. You know why? They slept through it. I said, if you're going to sleep through it, I'm going to give you activity. You'll promise me you'll come under this tabernacle and not go to that camp meeting. Yes, sir. And we did. And that, what I'm referring to, I saw 200 campers slain in the spirit out in the grass outside the town. And that was during the days we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have instant cameras. Somebody took pictures and sent them off to be developed. Can you imagine those people that developed? <laughs> What's going on? 
I wouldn't change it. I still want the good Holy Ghost to get onto you one time and put you on the ground. It's not the fact that you fall out. It's the fact that you're overwhelmed with the power of the Holy Ghost and you can't stand up anymore. And as a young lady got hurt playing softball, she had fractured her wrist and they had taken her to the hospital. And she, while we were doing this, she came in. Just, just got back in the emergency room. She walks up on the stage, and man, I'm having, having a good time. Oh, man, it's wonderful. Everything's going on. And she walks up to me, and she says, Brother Sergeant, I believe the Lord has healed me. And she puts her thumb in that wet. I wish I could tell you that I said, well, I didn't even know I bought insurance. <laughs> You're about to get sued now. Hello. I wish I could tell you it's not faith, it wasn't. But the anointing was so strong in that tabernacle. She took her thumb and ripped it. Just, it was wet. She just ripped it off. And I still see it laying on the floor. And me still trying to pray in the middle of thinking of what I can do. She put her hand up in the air and she began to move it. She said, Brother Sergeant, I am healed. Here's what I want you to see. What they told her was going to take six weeks, took six seconds, because the anointing accelerates time. And when it accelerates time, he's able to do something in your life to restore you. Man, I'm having a good time tonight, but I'm having to slow down because my voice is just off. Look, he said, I will restore years. And he describes it. He said, I'm going to restore. What is he going to restore? I tell you what, I'm going to put that back there. Put Mark chapter 3, verse 1. Then we'll get back to this. Mark chapter 3, verse 1, we have the incident or the story of the man who had the withered hand. Uh, now, you've got to see this. In Mark chapter 3, it begins to talk about the man. Now watch this. Here's my only illustration this week. Withered hand. Okay? That's about as good as I can do it. But he evidently was ashamed of it. Because when you read this scripture, you see that he was hidden. Jesus walks in, and the man didn't say, Hey, Jesus, 
much I need help. No, no, no. Jesus found me right where he was. You see, sometimes you can't even come to church and you can hide, but he'll find you right where you are. And he'll tell you he's not worried about your withered hand. But this man who is withered is standing there. Jesus makes a statement to him. Step forward. What? Step forward. You ever been in churches and wanted to be healed? And the Holy Spirit was pushing you, but you wouldn't step forward. Then when you did, somebody else did. And they got healed, and you did. See, because we have a hard time. Walking down now. You know why? We worry about what people think. And there are some people in some churches that say thinking they just don't go here. But they will think. But you understand, it doesn't matter. When Jesus says, step forward, he'll never take you to go backwards. He'll never say, why don't you go back to where you are? He always is calling you to step forward. And all of a sudden, you're going to say, what are they going to say about my hand? What are they going to say about my condition? What are they going to say if they see who I am and how bad I am and what's going on with me? He said, step forward. Let me tell you something. The only way that man was going to get healed is leave the crowd he was with and walk to Jesus. Sometimes you just got to leave them behind. I'm going to preach to you, Pastor. Some people you just got to leave behind. Hello. Some people you just got to say, you know what, I've done all I can do. Some people you got to say, you what I tried to say to a man, but I never could say it. I'm going to keep going to heaven from another church. Hello. Hey, I want you to go to heaven because if you didn't say to my church, I might not make it here with either.
He will take your ordinary and turn it into extraordinary. He will take your natural and turn it into supernatural. If you will take the chance of looking like you're going to be laughed at, then he will come on the scene of your life and he will take care of your situation.
He's calling you to come to this altar if nobody else comes. Remember, I shared what Sunday night about the move of God that you're in compared to the move of God at Summerton. Let me tell you what happens. There's a lady who's been in a wheelchair for 15 years. She had never been upstairs in her house. She didn't know what it looked like. One Sunday morning, she drives her little motorized wheelchair to the front pew and parks it right there. I wish I could tell you it was my faith. Because my faith was saying, what's she about to do? I think what she did, she got up and she walked across the front of the church. What happened? She got a new structure. She got restored. Well, there was other people in there that didn't get healed. I don't know why, but you may be the one tonight. This could be your night. Don't miss it. Get up. Move forward. Stretch forward. Let him take care of you. Are you getting it? When you understand being made a new structure, that means, okay, if this church just wasn't here anymore, that is the only way you would build a new structure. Has anybody here ever tried to remodel? I mean, you get the big here. I'm going to build a new house. Amen? Because it's continuous work, and it never is like you thought it would be. Am I preaching to somebody? Best thing is a new structure. See, when he tries to restore a new structure in me, and I know you're not this way, just let me preach about me. I get stubborn. Well, Lord, I've always done it that way. I've always. See, six and a half years now, it's been seven. New structure. Wow. He said, I want you to do this, and I went through the process. I wish I could tell you I jumped up on the kitchen table and danced a little jig, said, Hallelujah. I fought with it because I knew I was giving up a salary, I knew I was giving up a house, I knew I was giving up insurance, I knew I was giving up, I was giving it all up. But you know what he was doing? He was building a new structure. You know, can I tell you six and a half years later? I am financially better than I was then, and I cannot explain it to you. I can't. You know why? He wanted to build in me a new structure so I could be here on this Tuesday night and tell you this is your night to stretch forth your hand and let the witheredness be gone and let him rebuild in you a brand new structure. If you believe it, give him praise, folks. He rebuilds it.
in your thinking, in your spirit, and you will be a brand new transformed being. I am your God, and I have set it aside for you tonight. Arise as I speak to you. Come forth, and you will experience a brand new dynamic in me you have never experienced before, says the Lord. Come on, praise him. My God, praise him. Oh, 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 oh. If you don't know right now, God just gave me altar call. So they're coming. Come on, come on, come on, come on. When he interrupts like this, he does it for a purpose. Come on, step out, stretch forth, be restored. Don't you, don't quit now, folks. 
you're face to face with an encounter with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not in my hands. It's between you and God. He's restructuring your mind. He's restructuring your feelings. He's restructuring your heart. He's changing your life. My God, my God, my God. There is an anointing in this house to reach inside of you and clean you out like that shofar I talked about. Quit playing around with God. Quit carrying little pet sins. Quit carrying your feelings out in front. Quit blaming others. Take responsibility and let your life be restructured. My Lord, I've never felt this in a long time, folks. There's a heavy anointing in this house. There's such a heavy anointing. I don't have a clue what to do, but let God do it. Let him 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 do it. about this. Let me see your hand. Pastor, stand up here with me. God, hold your hand up again. See, the Lord wants you to see this. What he's been deposited in your spirit goes beyond the building program. It goes beyond maintenance. It goes beyond taking care of people. There is something there far beyond anything you ever thought you could do. But the only way you can do it is God is restructuring this church. And when he restructures, 
You've got to understand, listen to me again. You've got to understand the seriousness of this moment. This will be a moment if you will obey God, you will look back when you celebrate a hundred years and say, that was a defining moment in the life of Stratford and you. Are you ready? Lift both of your hands. If you don't feel like praying what I pray, pray it anyway. Say, Lord, I'm a mess. I need to be restored. I need to be restructured. I need to be prepared to be your instrument for your glory in this house. Lord, I'm a kingdom player. I'm ready to be what you want me to be, to do what you want me to do. Lord, restore me, restructure me. Right now, God receive it. Come on. Oh. Holy Ghost, do it. Release the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, prayer partners, help me. Come on, men, stay with me. Somebody help me.
Yeah. 
Look at me, young people. I'm about to scare you. He's calling some of you. I don't know who you are, but don't you worry. He who he calls, he anoints and prepares. Any young people here willing to do what he wants you to do? Put your hands together and give him praise, young people. I got to tell you something. Hear me. The Lord gave me this about a month ago. I was studying in Jeremiah where he takes the clay and he makes vessels out of the clay and how all that works together and how he can feel any little thing in there and he'll crush it and remake it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Then he took me to Corinthians where it said, we have this treasure in say earthen. Here's what he told me. He said, you can't get from clay to an earthen vessel until you go through the fire. Woo! You've got to go through the fire for the clay to harden. When I was your pastor, Judy Sargent used to do, have a keel or can't wear, spell with an M, but you call it a keel. And she'd make all those vases, but they weren't finished until they went through the heat. Hey, if you would just lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for the heat, because you're making me into an earthen vessel. Now, let me tell you what else he showed me. The reason you are an earthen vessel, an earthen vessel is where they would put their most treasured possession. Woo! in this earthen vessel which I know is his most treasured possession. Give him praise, church. that's physically able walk to this altar. Just walk up here, everybody. The Holy Spirit's letting me know there's somebody has a need. I just don't know who you are. Come on. Come on. Get drunk. When I used to drink alcohol, I'd get drunk 
I'd buy everybody a drink. I'd give my car keys away. Can I say one more thing? I'd get so gone and so high that that girl that was ugly began to look good. That's what the Holy Ghost does in a church. He makes that person that's been ugly to you look beautiful. Anybody want to get drunk in the Holy Ghost? You say, what are you doing, Brother Sergeant? I started and I'm not about to let go of it. But here's what he told me to bring you to the altar for. Reach over and put a hand in each hand. Everybody got a hand in your hand? Now listen to me. Some of you are holding somebody's hand who didn't move forward or move out that needs to be restored. I don't know what it's about. Doesn't matter to me. God knows. Here's what he told me to tell you to do. Right now, I tell you to. If you have a need to be restored somewhere in your family, finals, whatever, would you, when I count to three, gently squeeze the person standing next to you, and it will signal to them, I need prayer right now. Are you ready? One, two, three. Well, I felt that. Somebody's letting you know. Amen. Woo! Come on now, lift those hands together. Pray for that person who squeezed your hand right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Let that anointing in this house restructure, restore, restructure, restore, restructure, restore, restructure, restore. Oh! Rebuild us, Lord. Tear us down and build us again. Wow. Now let go of those hands and let the Lord know how much you love him for what he just did for that person or you are that person. Y'all better be glad I'm not 35 again. I'd sit you down and preach again. Pastor, there's too much of an anointing in this house. Whew. You said it right. See, he's getting scared watching him walk up here. here. Here's my philosophy when I travel. If the pastor don't stand up, I don't shut up. Hey. <laughs> well, I'm going to shut up when you sitting there. Look at me. I love you. Thank you for allowing me to come home. You'll always be home to me. A lot of them have already gone on home. But guess what? They're part of the great cloud of witnesses that's saying, I did it and you can too. I did it and you can too. We're going to all go to heaven together. Thank you, Pastor Ray. I love you.
Thank y'all for giving into our ministry. As he said, I don't tell anybody anything. I'm leaving here, and I'll be in Alabama next Wednesday night. Then the next Sunday after that, I'll be in Savannah, Georgia. And then I'll be in uh, Maryland on the eastern shore of the camp meeting. And then I'll be, I this is the busiest I have ever had in the six and a half years. But guess what? My body's tired, but I'll go again. I'll go home tonight and I'll pass out. I'll be ready tomorrow night. How many don't pray about tomorrow night that God will do unbelievable, supernatural things? Give him a loud praise. Amen. Amen. I won't add a thing, I promise. I want you to go and get rested. I want you to come back tomorrow night. I want all of you to come back, and then everyone else to come back. We'll have a packed house tomorrow night. A lot of folks took the night off tonight. They were tired. How many of you understand? How many of you are tired, too? But how many of you are leaving here re restored and refreshed? Amen. I passed out around 4.30. Sat on a chair, and I thought I am leaving here all night long. They can do it without me tonight. And the Lord said, get up. You're the pastor. You've got to go. I love you, too. And uh, we're so thankful for the sergeants. Uh, one more time, would you just appreciate them and let's thank them for being here. Let's pray. Let's pray and believe for tomorrow night. I'm just believing it'll be the best of the best. How many know that? That old saying is true, the best is yet to come. So you come tomorrow night, be ready. We'll, uh, we'll start service. I, I, I'm the kind of guy, come in ready. Wouldn't it be better for us to just come in ready? I don't want to have to, come in don't need to be warmed up. Uh, do we have to be warmed up and coddled and pampered? I want you to pray and get ready so that when the, when the bell rings, we are ready to worship God and serve God and hear from God, get a message from God, and then be a, in spiritual warfare and praying for one another. Amen? I want God to have his way, and I don't want us to be in the way. Somebody said amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow night. Enjoy your evening and rest.